a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Here we are. Cecilia, in the ether. I don't once know about again. you, but are you at the point of like finding this whole thing just hilarious? <laughs> yeah. Like, what else is there to do but laugh? I feel like we're in a bit of a twilight zone, really, because it's gone on for weeks. And I had this moment where I thought to myself, the summer holidays feel like they go on for a long time when you have kids, right? This is that and then some, and we haven't gone anywhere. Oh. We do need to lighten the load, though. And so we have invited a lovely, wonderful guest to join us on the Wellness Collective today because we had a bit of a funny one a, a little while ago when we got Tommy Little in the studio and we thought, yeah, we need more comedy. Yes, So definitely. today, joining us on the Wellness Collective is Cal Wilson. Hello, Cal Wilson. Hello. How nice to see your faces, even from a distance. Absolutely. And you look amazing. And I feel like I look like I rolled out of bed, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, well, I, you can't tell what I'm wearing from the waist down. I did it. Well, this is very true. Yeah. And we are so excited because we are experimenting with video content as well. So you'll look fabulous and I will look like I'm in my pajamas. Yeah. You're dressed up. You've got gold boots on. Yeah, hang oh on. God, I've got gold boots on. I've got my gold and boots on. Oh, you got the memo. <laughs> oh, dear. Gold boots all the way. I, I did get a the memo. funny. And I realised after I'd done it um, that my trousers were on inside out. But no one knew. No one knew. Oh, well, no one would, ab- absolutely nobody would. <laughs> Don't you think it's funny, though, our standards have dropped so dramatically, oh. so quickly. So, you know, you go, oh, I've got spaghetti on me. No one can see. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I iron from here up, just from the chest up, and everything else is just a crumpled mess. <laughs> is that a metaphor or is that an actual? Well, it's yeah. both. I think it can be both. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's funny you say that about what you're wearing on the bottom. I was down at the park the other day getting you the, said the you know, pub. I was going to be like, what the hell? Oh, why weren't you invited? <laughs> yeah. yeah, just the pub at home. Uh, no, is that the <laughs> Do you have one of those? You have a bar all of a sudden? <laughs> no, but I think a lot of people might be um, doing a little bit of uh, impromptu bar work, though. Think about it. I've been doing some bar work. Have you? Have you not seen? I've done some, yeah. Anyway, keep anyway, telling us on. the story. Uh, so there was a guy in the park when uh, I was down there with um, my husband and kids and we were kicking the ball. My husband got very excited. He put some drink bottles out and made a bit of an obstacle course for us all to run around. That lasted about five minutes. But there was this guy there with his greyhound and my husband said, I saw him yesterday. He was wearing a shirt and a tie and shorts. So he had been doing exactly, <laughs> as you say, with the Zoom conferencing all morning and he'd gotten out to walk the dog in his, in his half-profesh, half-cash outfit and I thought that was very Do good. you know what I have to say is making me laugh and keeping me highly entertained is clearly personalities that are working from home and they've got their recordings, so they've probably never used Zoom before, and all of a sudden they're using Zoom from home, but they haven't quite worked out how to use it. So you see, like from their like yeah. top of their nose up, and that's all you're seeing, or underneath. And someone needs to tell them that's never going to be a good angle when you can see their nostrils, <laughs> like, the hairs, and yeah. the nostrils. My favourite thing <laughs> is the face that everyone makes at the start of a um, a Zoom call or a FaceTime call, which is like the open mouth peering above the screen, <laughs> like the kind of. Getting really close. My, I, I love zooming my parents because they still haven't worked it out. Lots of beautiful under tummy shots of like, like you say, like staring up the slopes of dad into his nose and half of mum's face and lots of, oh, Graham, what's happening? Lots of that. I love it. Now, tell us, Cal, you are a mum. So you're dealing with the whole, you know, everyone at home, yep. school, learning and all of the stuff. 
How are you coping and how are you making it through the day in a light-hearted fashion? Um, well, I'm kind of in a fortunate position where I, I have one child. So I've only got one child. He's 10. He's very good on devices. Um, and his dad has always worked from home. So we're all kind of used to like sharing a space together. The only time I've come close to losing it was when we had to do a thing called a fraction war, which involved cutting up a piece of paper into 10. I can't even tell you about it. It just, it was just like, all I, I was never good at cutting out as a kid. And I was having like all of these sort of anxiety flashbacks of like, it's not straight. And so in the end, luckily I love stationery. I own a guillotine. We guillotine the shit out of that thing. Like no, no little funny things, like actual slicey. That was the, probably the tensest we've been. And then the only other thing that I find is, because um, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, is going, it's okay if it's not straight. It's all right if that is not a straight line. That's, that's the thing that I struggle with is just going, no, he's 10, let him do it. He's great as he is. It's all right if it's not straight. It's I, really hard. That that's a good analogy. I actually for did lose it over this yesterday. Really, straight lines. Geordie <laughs> was writing in his book. I'm like, can you? The lines are there for a reason, mate. Like, yeah. you keep the words <laughs> in the lines. And he's like, I don't like writing small. And I'm like, just don't. You don't have to write small. Just so long as it's in the lines. That's kind of what it's there for. But yeah, we did have a moment. Yeah, it was it's, quite it's a moment. So fine. Like it's also fine. But in that moment, you're like. Oh my god, where's the full stop? Like start a nice light. Like just oh, it's it's amazing what it taps into, I think, of my stuff. But also, I say I'm a perfectionist. I have the worst handwriting in the world to the point where I don't bother I've never bothered hiding my diaries because I can't read them. So like <laughs> no one else is gonna be able to read them. But my son's handwriting is already better than mine. So you're not judging, because I think that's the thing. It's so hard to not sit there and go, like my daughter's seven and I and they can't spell. They don't teach them spelling the way we learn to spell. That's all about, you know, phonetics and whatever. And they probably have a better understanding of language. What I think that's the idea. But the spelling, I'm like, can I show you how you actually spell those words? <laughs> I think, I'm, I'm, I think okay. I'm, you know, so unfortunate because he's 10. Like he's, he's kind of able to guide himself. Like I check in with him and um, everything, but he's sort of all right with things like that. But what the, the issue that we have um, hasn't come up this year, but it came up last year, is uh, somehow I've managed to teach him that being funny is something that you want to be. Uh, and so last year his teacher would be a bit like, oh, maybe you shouldn't have done that kind of joke ending. And I'd be like, that's actually pretty funny. Like, it's a good gag. <laughs> so so his, um, his drivers for what he wants to achieve are slightly different. So his two drivers at home are to be funny uh, and when they have the class Zoom meeting in the morning, he tries to get one of our cats into the meeting as well. Like his, uh, his aim is to get at least one person to go, ooh, a cat. I love it. I love it. Well, I guess if you have a mum who's a comedian, that's a bar that, you know, that, that's set high for you. I can't exactly go, you shouldn't try and be funny because <laughs> that's my whole life. <laughs> right. Monkey see, monkey yeah, do. Right. I shared something this week actually, which is um, someone told me it's not true, but whether it's true and I don't really care because I thought it was hilarious, that this person had put on their Twitter, found the kid playing with her dog instead of Zooming with her teacher. She told me not to worry. She took a screen shot of herself paying attention, then cut her video and replaced it with the picture. And she said, it's the gallery view of 20 kids, mum. They can't even tell. And she's 10. <laughs> I was like, genius. But, you know, yeah, that was something I actually couldn't help but be proud of my child if they yeah. did something like that, just because mine are too nerdy to do things like that. Yeah, I know. It's like, live on the edge, kids, live yeah. on the edge. But no, well, in terms of 
coping with the current climate, we wanted to ask you, what are some of the things that we could maybe be doing or making to keep ourselves sane? Well, I guess what we've been doing is um, we've been watching a lot of Survivor. Like, (laughs) that's what we've been doing because we've never watched it before, but we got in on the last Australian series and then we started back at, at season 20 of the American version and so I think people, uh, watching people like <laughs> eat kind of raw rice and sand kind of makes you go, oh, it's not so bad. Um, we've also just come up with the idea, my son and I this morning, we came up with the idea that we should do some survivor challenges at home. So I'm going to um, I'm gonna come up with some stuff uh, so he and his dad can compete. And then I don't quite know what happens once you're voted out of the tribe, but you might have to like, I don't know, sleep in the garden or something like that. So um, I've got, I'm, I'm getting my planning head on right now. I like how you've skewed that so that you don't actually have to participate. No, you, you don't just have to get to organise it. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And also you're like, and I'm not getting out of these gold boots. No, no. So mm. that would require. No. <laughs> Do you think though, have you noticed, I mean, you're a creative person yourself, Um what do you think about the fact that people have had a, a lot of time on their hands to kind of tap into their creativity? Uh, have you? Ha, has there been anything that has really stood out to you? Or highly or? impressive. What's, yeah. what's really stood out to me is how not creative I feel. Like uh, I feel a lot of pressure to be creative and it's just not happening at the moment. Um, I've written a few things. I've done a few gigs on Zoom, but I think I fell into the um, the trap of going, this is the perfect opportunity to come up with the perfect TV idea and then just kind of went blank. Like, And, and now I've kind of kind of, I've just gone, oh, there's this unprecedented thing that's happened and it's all, like we're all kind of in this little bit in trauma. It's okay if all we can do is just hang out and like we've been playing lots of board games, we've been um, we made a jigsaw, like kind of creativity with that state. So I found really um, good. So not trying mm. to write stuff, but I really love my glue gun. And so I'm, I've got boxes and boxes of shiny stuff that I'm just going to, I feel the real need to get out and like make something pointless and silly just to have that creative release, but not feel the pressure of it needing to mean anything, if that makes sense. Well, being creative is your actual job. Yeah, so yeah. I guess feeling like you have to be productive yeah, I've with been it. baking a lot. That seems to be the thing that everyone is doing. Um, we don't make sourdough, but our neighbour down the road does. And I managed to um, bully him on Facebook into dropping us off a loaf. So that was very exciting. Um, and I uh, I was trying to support our, one of our local cafes who's turned themselves into a fruit and veggie delivery service. So, you know, you can order stuff from them and pick it up from their um, cafe. And I was like, yeah, I can totally support this instead of going to the supermarket. But when I got the order form, it was like I just checked everything I recognised and I ended up buying so much stuff that we never cook with mushrooms. I bought like a kilo of mushrooms. I bought a, I bought a whole <laughs> pumpkin. I've never bought a whole pumpkin in my life. So this massive, humongous pumpkin, I made pumpkin soup and I still had five-sixths of a pumpkin. And so then I've just <laughs> been making pumpkin muffins and they're delicious. And it's been a great discovery. So I've made like six batches of um, pumpkin and chocolate chip muffins. I'm just like parceling them out to people. And we've still got a quarter of the pumpkin, so I feel like... You're all yeah. going to turn orange soon, you realise. If you eat too much pumpkin, you, do, you go orange. I did that with Olivia when she was really? little. Oh, I thought it was just carrot. No, 
and pumpkin. Yeah. That's the two things that she was eating. Yeah. And she, yeah, I think I've told this story before, but the, the health nurse was like, does she look orange to you? <laughs> God, now that you mention it. <laughs> um, yeah, she looks really orange. And she's like, maybe you want to like a bit of variety. Exactly. No, so, you know, if you are missing having a tan, I guess you could just go out and eat a whole lot of yeah. carrot well, and maybe, pumpkin. You yeah. know, those tanorexics maybe out there. Maybe your daughter is a secret <laughs> Trump supporter. Maybe she's like. I reckon that's what he's doing. Maybe that's what he does. Maybe. Oh, my God, you've stumbled on something. I might have, I might have actually stumbled on something. Now, Cal, did you have a comedy festival, Melbourne Comedy Festival show lined up for this year? I did. So how do you feel given that you're one of the many people who had 2020 sort of plotted out come February and then all of a sudden a month later yeah. everything was, you know, thrown up in the air? Well, it was really strange because um, I'd done the Brisbane Comedy Festival and I had a week in the Adelaide Fringe and then about three days before I was about to start getting ready to do the gala and things for the festival. It was all cancelled, which it absolutely had to be. But it was like, I felt like comedy had broken up with me. Like it was like I was in this wonderful, happy relationship. Things were going really well. I'd done the show maybe sort of like 15 times. And so I knew that the show was working. And then all of a sudden there was no show. And it really was, it really was like a breakup. I think comedians had a week ahead of everyone else to go, oh my God, my whole life has changed. Um, before it happened to everybody, so it was yeah, it was a real um, it was a real shock, and it was really devastating, but absolutely the right thing to happen. Like, there's just no way the comedy festival could have gone on. And like, I'm, I I um, I get quite anxious about the comedy festival. I'm a, I'm a, a natural worrier, and so I had all of these scenarios that run through my head of like, oh, what if no one comes? Or it's a terrible show. Or I get an awful review. I never went. What if there's a pandemic? Just never. It was the one thing I was not anticipating. But already it feels like I wrote that show 100 years ago and I can't imagine doing the same show for next year. So I don't feel like, oh, I've got an hour of material just waiting to be rolled out. I'm like, I don't, I don't even know what I talked about in that show. It's <laughs> incredible though, isn't it? Because it's actually reset our mindset yeah. so quickly. Like that, when I stop to think about it, just it just makes my mind melt a bit because a month ago... We were thinking completely differently about Absolutely. the entire what, what I can't world. Get over is when we watch something on TV, we've been watching a lot of comfort TV, like Grand Designs and things like that, just like sort of chicken soup uh, TV watching. But every time the host goes to kiss someone or goes in someone's house, I'm like, oh, that is inappropriate. Like, it just feels so quickly. It feels so weird to look at people touching each other just casually or oh, don't put your hand on that banister. Like, just everything's changed so yeah, fast. Yeah, absolutely. I'm guilty of that at work. We, I have to run up and down the stairs and every time I go to reach out for the banister, I reach back in again. Um, and, it's, and it's weird. Or there's been a few times where I've gone to reach for it, I'm going to lose my... Uh, instead of just being smart enough to grab the banister and stop myself falling, I'll kind of like put my finger out and like, you know, try not to touch it but then fall. <laughs> I can wipe it after I've touched it. But way up yeah, the dangers, right, I think, is probably right. what you need to I do. I know, so funny. Do you find that, like, I don't, this is what I've found, is that you're just slightly off balance in everything. Like, like I've found I've been clumsier than usual and I just feel like I'm off kilter. I fell off the ladder to my son's bunk a couple of weeks ago and it was only... It was only like three rungs off the ground. I did so much damage to myself on the way down. I kind of twisted and I fell on a stool. I had a bruise that was the size of the pumpkin that I'd bought on the back of my leg. Hit my head on the windowsill, smashed my hand, nearly killed my son, like nearly fell on him. He was very traumatised by it. It's like I would not normally just fall off a ladder. 
and do that much damage. I did the funniest stunt act on the bikes. Geordie was about to cross because of the same reason I feel really uncoordinated and we were riding, but you had to see this. So he was going to cross the busy road and I realised he couldn't and I'm yelling out, stop, stop. So I've tried to stop him, forgetting that the bar of the bike's there. So I've hit my front bum on the bar and that's catapulted me to hit my back bum oh, on the car, on the bar, bike seat. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say my, my pubic bone. My pubic bone and the bar connected. <laughs> then my butt cheek and the bike seat connected and then I did this weird twist and put my neck out so I'm like and anyway the kids have reminded me every day this week mum you have a huge bruise on your butt and I'm like yeah it's not any wonder because I hit it so hard. Have you got a bruise on your front bum though? (laughs) (laughs) Front bum's not bruised I don't think but it was just and it's the same as driving a car I don't know about you but I'm driving the car at the moment and I know I shouldn't be because I'm really co- I'm not coordinated with for some reason. Yeah, yeah. So not used to venturing very far and driving the car is really strange. That's a real mindset thing too, isn't it? The fact that you, you're not supposed to go anywhere. So you think about going somewhere and you go, oh, that's a bit far. That's like two Ooh. suburbs away. Yeah. Well, I, I did a gig for the first time. I did a gig outside the house. I did a, um, a great show called Delivered Live, which is like a three and a half hour live streamed show. It's done from a big warehouse in Richmond, but when I and and, it, and they do all the, all the proper distancing and stuff. There's there's like a skeleton crew. Everyone stays way apart from you. There's no audience, which is also oh, another yeah. thing to get your head around as a comedian. But I felt really like I was doing something illicit driving into the studio. Like I'd been stopped by a police officer. Is this an essential job? Like like it felt really clandestine to go and do it, and then to do the set have a chat to the host, and then I had to leave immediately. Like it was kind of like I'd had a shameful one-night stand, kind of just such a weird world now. (laughs) What was it like performing without that, you know, audience participation? Because as a stand-up comedian, I I suspect that's a very big part of how you deliver it. Yeah, you feed off the response from the audience. And so I started by saying I don't know how the crowd work's going to go tonight because, you know, like maybe (laughs) just donate to PayPal instead of laughing because they won't hear you. but there were, like the crew were doing their best to kind of respond. But I guess I've been doing it long enough and I've had enough terrible gigs <laughs> that I know how to sell it even if there's no laughter. So it's kind of like drawing on the experience <laughs> of a couple of awful corporates to go, it's fine, this is all fine. And friends watching said it was like absolutely like a normal gig. I really had to prepare myself that it was going to be totally different from the way it usually feels. Do you think you're going to be able to step back into the way you performed before this when the doors open? Because I wonder for all of us, how is it going to be different? I, I have no idea. I, I actually can't visualise what it looks like because I can't imagine from now, like this could all change by next week because everything shifts so fast. I can't imagine people wanting to be back in an enclosed space together. Like I can't imagine a thousand people being really cool with like rubbing elbows with strangers. So at the moment, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. We're we just going to be doing Zoom gigs for the next year. Like who knows? I hope not. Yeah, I hope not too. But <laughs> <laughs> like, I hold on to New Zealand as a beacon of hope. Like I find when I get stressed about stuff, I just watch Jacinda Ardern doing a press conference. And I'm like, oh, someone's nailing it. Like um, I feel like we they're a few weeks ahead of us and I just have to keep watching them and seeing how things are going there. Mm. Have you got family in New Zealand too? All of my family, yeah, yeah. So that's so, really hard. Um, yeah, so it's a really weird feeling because I've always been three and a half hours away from 
getting home, you know, like, so I'm in Melbourne, they're in Christchurch. It's only a flight. It's not like they live in the UK, but now it's a bit like they live in the UK. Like mm. the, it's a strange feeling as it is for anyone who's got family interstate and can't go there. Just going, if anything happens, I can't get there. Like my parents are in the eighties. My, my brothers live very close to them, which is fantastic. But I'm like, Oh, for the first time I've gone, well, if something happens, how do I get to my family? Like that's a, it is a weird feeling. I've got a travel agent that is a patient of mine and while she's not working, she had a client of hers need to get urgently to her son in Chicago and they got her there. But it's not as easy oh, as, yeah, so it's, I think that's comfortting to a degree to know that if I yeah. really had to get to my parents or my whoever that I could, I'd just have to move a few mountains. But it, yeah, I can. Yeah, and I think too that's another thing that I, um, I think about a lot because I often say to my son, you know, one day, like, we'll save up and we'll go, we'll go to Italy because, like, I, you know, you're, you're going to love all these places in Italy because Italy's kind of like, I don't know, it's, I, I just love it. Uh, and then now I'm going, I don't, I don't know what travel looks like. What will travel look like? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, like, put on a backpack, bugger off to, you know, Europe for a year and a half like we all did in our early 20s. Like, is that, has, have we had the last generation that does that now? Like, I, I, um, I find actually what I find is it's good for me not to think too far ahead because then I turn into Eeyore. And so <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, this is not happening, not in my world anyway. You can, if yeah, you want yeah, it in yours, yeah. that's good. That's yeah. good. Well, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up though, that's because true. I think travel is one of those things that's really changed dramatically. And even just the way we think about it, I mean, at the start of the year, we were being encouraged to go to places that have been affected by bushfire to try and support yeah. businesses and what have you. And again, within a month, it went did a full 180 from no no don't come to those places because we don't want you to spread COVID-19 because we can't cope and then like the future planning like I was planning a, a trip to Europe with my kids for exactly the same reason and then all of a sudden I've just gone well that money's just gonna have to sit in the bank yeah. until you know two three four years from now when we're allowed to go play. it's so yeah. strange. I think what we need to remember though is we've been here before so I think 9-11 totally changed the way that we travelled, mm. but we figured it out and we worked out a way to do it. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, yeah. again, we were just talking with Wayne Swass about um, how things may be affected and how I need to find comfort in the fact that I can look back, we've been here before in a different capacity yeah. and we're going to be okay. And mm. that's what I yeah. keep coming back to and that's how I stay sane. There's <laughs> um, a really great article in the British GQ at the moment. It's written by a Syrian refugee called Steve Ali. It's called uh, We're All Refugees Now. And I keep rereading it because I find it so comforting. So Steve um, Steve lives in London now with a friend of mine. And he's an amazing person. Uh, he was a refugee for, I think, maybe four or five years. And he talks about how um, we don't know, we don't know how to deal with this, but he does because he understands having been a refugee that life is not certain and that everything's going to be turned upside down and that you can't control what's happening in the future. So you need to be um, focusing on the tiny things in the present. So things like connection and laughter are the things that we need to hold on to. And I just find his words so comforting um, from the perspective of someone who's been lucky enough to never have experienced a huge upheaval in my life like this before, to have someone who has lost everything in their life and has built a new one to hear from his perspective of going, it, you know, it's okay, things are out of control, just focus on the tiny things. And I've, I've just found it so comforting. Mm. Also, before we let you go off and do your school work, which you 
lucky enough to not have to actually sit down and do the equations <laughs> with your <laughs> student. That's good. Can you share with us some of the fun things that you've come up with as ideas to pass the time? I did, I, I will say that I heard you talking about this on a, on a radio show and I was like, oh my God, this is making me laugh so much because really you can get bogged down in the stuff that you can't yeah. do. But what can you do within the confines of your house? Share some of your wisdom with us, will you, Cal? <laughs> Okay, so one of the things which I really love is that there are lots of zoos live streaming their animals at the moment. So you can, you know, all over the world, you can pop in on a, on a giraffe or, or something. There's a fantastic zookeeper at Melbourne, I think, who does these amazing fan dances occasionally. So you'll just see him like backstage at the zoo just cracking out a fantastic little dance number. But if you, you don't want to live stream the zoo, you can actually kind of um, recreate a zoo at your own house. So if you have two pairs of gloves... If you put four gloves on a dog's feet, it looks like a seal. <laughs> so I'm just saying, if you've got a Labrador and some gloves, you're fine. Uh, if you have if you have a partner, uh, don't let them shave uh, and then get them to put the gloves on their feet and fog up the bathroom and then you've got gorillas in the mist. <laughs> um, if you want to feel like you're traveling overseas, the best part of travelling that I love is where you learn a few uh, words of the local language. So what you can do to recreate that is if you've got fridge poetry, you know, the fridge magnets, the birds, all the different words. So get some fridge poetry in a bowl. You're each allowed to pull out seven words and those are the only words you're allowed to use when you're talking to your family. <laughs> so recreate that feeling of not quite understanding the locals. Uh, and so they also have to wear earmuffs. So the degree of difficulty has doubled for them. Uh, you can stand in the garden and wave to the neighbours, but you're only allowed to talk gibberish to each other mm-hmm. just to give that mm-hmm. lovely foreign travel feel. <laughs> uh, so, uh, also, you, when you eat, when you're overseas and you can't understand the menu, that's always exciting to find out what you're going to get. So um, buy some tins of food and soak the labels off <laughs> and then you just pick potluck and you have to eat whatever's in that tin. Great. Um, pack a suitcase. You're only allowed to wear what's in that suitcase for the next two weeks. That's all, you, <laughs> all you've got. Uh, or pack two suitcases and throw one away just to get that. <laughs> like it went missing. Yeah, missing. Um, and maybe get it back in six months. Um, if you feel like you're travelling to Europe, because I know that you said you're going to take your kids mm. to Europe, so to, to simulate the flight, um, you have to sit on a chair in a cupboard for 26 hours. <laughs> and then occasionally you can get someone in to come and kick the back of your chair just to make that feel accurate. Um, if you're going on a like an island holiday, like if you wanted to go snorkeling, so what you do is you lie face down in the bath and you get your partner to pour goldfish on top of you. But if you don't have goldfish, it's probably actually more um, less cruel to actually just use um, a packet of frozen carrots and beans and peas. Like, cause, you know, that's <laughs> and then you also much. end up having a, an ice bath at the same time, yeah. going into yeah, hypothermia. <laughs> it's a little bit like someone's done a spew in the bath with you. Mm, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Or you can just drop fruit in and swim around in fruit and then you've also washed your fruit, which is also another thing. Oh, yeah, that's useful. Yeah, that's good. And then my favourite one, this is my favourite, and I'm going to try this with my son, is like who doesn't love archaeology? Like how exciting is archaeology? So in the night you just take a bunch of crockery out of the kitchen and bury it in the garden and then the next day your kids have to dig it up and find it. I actually love that. that you, you'd actually yeah. want to water it all, let it rain overnight, so it kind of you can't yeah, tell yeah. where you've been. Mm. But also, just as a caveat for that, if you have buried a pet in the garden, 
don't do that. <laughs> right. Don't. <laughs> Don't go near that area. Well, that you, you would find some bones. I mean, really, like that's proper archaeology. Yeah, yeah, it's it so how funny. Serious, you want to take it? I was saying to Cecilia before I saw on Instagram a woman had packed. Well, she had suitcases and she had she's on the treadmill and she's standing still like she was on the the um, escalator belt. And then the next frame of the shot is the the suitcase sliding down the belt of the treadmill and then she gets all her luggage off at the end and then just walks down the stairs and she gets her hat she's got a big hat it was fabulous it was so entertaining yeah, but also amazing. making it would be really funny to make that actually yeah, I'd have I more had, fun making it I had a friend post a photo the other day on Facebook he lives in the States and he was next to um next to this plain window you know it's like kind of blue tinged plain window he's he's got a glass of champagne in his passport in his hand and he, the, the caption was i'm using up all these frequent flyer points before they run out so i'm off to the mall the maldives and uh seat 1a and got just so many responses from friends going craig this is really irresponsible you're not supposed to be traveling what are you doing and then he posted a video of him going i can't believe why you're all so upset about me it's perfectly fine to have a holiday and then the camera slips and you see he's sitting next to the washing machine and his laundry. <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I love that people have made the fun that they, they have yeah. just out of not very much. I uh, I think that's been the challenge for all of us to stay a bit sane. But yeah. thank you for your tidbits because... Yeah, I think we maybe could all lock our children in the cupboard for 26 hours and tell them they'll be in London very soon and Paddington will be waiting for them. Yeah, why not? Just stay in there, sweetie. We'll be in another 23 hours. It's okay. Yeah. Stop pressing the bell. Here's, here's some cheese and a piece of plastic for you. It'll keep you going for a while. Oh, so Yes, exactly, oh, exactly. Well, good luck with your comedy from here on in. Um, Thank you. I hope that your inspiration hits big time and that come the next comedy festival, you're uh, all ready and raring to go. Yeah, I have no doubt it will occur, but in the meantime, look for some amazing glue gun creations on my Instagram. (laughs) I was just actually saying to Nat, um, many years ago, I worked on a radio show that you used to frequent before children, BC, before children, and I uh, remember you used to put a lot of hot glue gun action into creating yeah. some spectacular sculptures with l- tiny little toys, I think, that yeah, you, yeah. you might have even op-shopped. Yeah, like McDonald's toys and op-shop stuff. Like I, I love the thought of trash having a second life. <laughs> Maybe that's like a metaphor for me as well. But I love that, um, you know, creating something beautiful out of out of rubbish. That's right. And these amazing sculptures that you would come up with out of these toys. I was like, oh, I was That's always a bit fabulous. jealous that I was never on the receiving end of one of those. I have to make my own. Yeah, right. You never know. That's right. Cal Wilson, thanks so much for joining us on the Wellness Collective. And um, how can people find you? There are some great videos of you performing uh, stand up available online but what's your website youtube um you can find me on netflix i've got a special and the comedians of the world you can buy my kids books i've got two kids books out called george and the great bum stampede and george and the great brain swappery um they are available you can catch me on instagram at calbo wilson or twitter at calbo um yeah instagram is probably the place to find me at the moment that's where i'm, I'm hanging out the most i think yeah it's the most fun isn't yeah. it yeah yeah also ooh, just ooh. Go. And there's a Stan uh, running a um, Australian lockdown uh, comedy festival. Oh, cool. And so I've just filmed some stuff for that. So that's coming out soon and that's going to be really exciting. A whole lot of Australian comedians doing stand-up from their homes. Awesome. Love, 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 love. Who has time for a comedy festival? I mean, really, <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> we do. Fit it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, 
Here we go, Natalie. Yes. Another episode of Laughs. I hate to say it to you, but I can't wait to get these headphones off if you're watching the video back somehow and I'm looking like a goon. They're hurting. They're hurting. Um, (laughs) She's got brain ache. (laughs) And my neck hurts. But yes, Cecilia, if you are listening and there's something particularly awesome that you are laughing at about this episode, please share it in the comments and the review section because we would love that. Send us a photo of uh, some of the things you might have tried yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And until next time. We hope that this episode has left you feeling happier. Healthier. And better. 